Welcome to episode 7 of Roots Rock Riot, the grassroots rugby podcast with me, Ian Harries. First of all, before we dive into this episode, and it is a good one, uh, sorry people for this being late, my desktop decided to minorly implode and for a brief moment, and by for a brief moment I mean the better part of like four or five days while I had to buy a load of random cables and shit, I thought I had lost absolutely everything on it, which would have sucked, but we managed to get all the data off it and now we're figuring out what to do with the help of a friend who works for Apple. And by with the help of a friend who works for Apple, I mean I posted on Instagram hoping he would be the one to reply and he did. So hopefully that gets fixed, but until then that's what laptops are for. So this week we are heading to the south coast to speak to the podcast's first women's team and possibly the best named team so far, the Portsmouth Valkyries. I was very grateful that they were able to join us and we managed to fit recording in before one of their training sessions. My understanding is everybody was in opposite corners of the clubhouse and I have all the time in the world for that. We talk about the growth in women's rugby as well as the growth and success of the Valkyries. So this week we are joined by Tristan, who is the head coach, and Keita, who is the first team captain for the Portsmouth Valkyries, which I have to say is possibly the coolest team name I think we've had so far. And will have. <laughs> I mean, I can't think of many many names that would be better i mean it's great for a women's team because uh, the valkyries themselves were um female sort of warriors and and i don't know back in norse mythology i think it was yeah um so yeah we we love the name valkyries for the ladies because it's uh it's what we are we're warriors on the pitch and, and we like to take that i like it i like it and it, it's uh obviously we can come out and say it you guys are the first women's team who we've had on the podcast. The first of many. Excellent. Uh, but you guys are the first, which, you know, is a critical acclaim, I'm sure, every women's team up and down the country was hoping would be for them. But it couldn't not be, again, a team called the Valkyries. Uh. So, I mean, I think that kind of brings us to the, you know, again, I think kind of the, the key thing here is women's rugby has seen incredible growth over the last couple of years. So just kind of a quick look through numbers it the i think the players player numbers across the country have nearly doubled so i think it's gone from 25,000 up to 40,000 so how's kind of the last or how's kind of everything been for you guys I, I know you're kind of a growing club i know you're putting out two teams regularly which is incredible how's kind of how has everything been yeah it's been great for us really um we're week in week out um sort of getting new players coming along wanting to try the sport because they've now seen it on tv and it's been sort of broadcast more widely um for people to see and to grow the sport so we are growing in numbers regularly putting out first team and second team on the same weekend which would have been a real big deal years ago when we were struggling to get five or six people to training yeah. and regularly seeing sort of 30 to 40 girls here um it's absolutely been amazing and i think you know the the international games being broadcast on tv um and the women's games now being seen 
from a from a young age kids um young girls want to be like the players on tv and it's not about being princesses um so much anymore but they want to be like the strong women on tv running with the ball in their hands and yeah like like the sports people that they see in terms of kind of like player numbers so you said you've got kind of 30 to 40 have a lot of them consistently played rugby or is it a lot of kind of new people coming into the fold we've got a massive mix to be honest like so and sometimes that's that makes it a bit of a challenge at like coaching wise and training because we've got girls who have played rugby since they were as young as they could play rugby and then some have played at quite a high standard to girls that have never even watched a rugby game before but have just decided to come along because I, I think that the interesting thing, which, again, isn't something I've ever had to come across because rugby, for me, has always been widely accessible. Uh, I've heard a lot of stories of uh, kind of girls playing through school and then once school stops, there just isn't the option to play anywhere. So I'm assuming, obviously, <laughs> with the numbers you guys have now and the fact there are you know, so many leagues being set up. And I think, like you said, Keita, now it's kind of actually a broadcast sport like it should have been for a very long time. I guess it's nice to see it. It feels like we're in the start of kind of a golden age for it, right? Yeah, absolutely. And the more it is shown on TV, I think the more it will continue to grow. Um, we are getting the the newer players or the, the girls that have seen it in schools are bringing it into the curriculum where it didn't used to be on there. Oh, cool. um, so I didn't play rugby at school. I think in sixth form was the first time uh, I sort of had a had a little look at rugby. And then I did stop um, because I didn't go to uni and I wasn't really aware of the clubs and what was around me. Um, but now there's sort of Sort of scrum factory and scrum and try it and pitch up and play and all sorts of advertising for you know welcoming people to rugby that's advertised and I think the growth of social media as well you know Instagram and TikTok and we've had people that have turned up to training that have said oh well we saw you were on TikTok so we thought we'd come and see what it was like like which I didn't ever expect to hear um, and it's really amazing that these people who have just sort of come across us really want to come and have a go and see what it's like tiktok is the one thing that makes me feel really old it's <laughs> i it's not my go-to i keep forgetting it's as like important a thing as it is right and i'm guessing with the growth of women's rugby as well things like i mean tiktok is incredible for things like highlights and stuff like that right so i'm guessing not just even finding your club through things like that it's finding the sport you know, as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. And if they're interested in one video, they'll be shown more videos, uh, whatever it is that um, makes your reels show what you're <laughs> interested in. Uh, Big Brother is watching, I'm sure. And yeah, people just come across what's local to them and, and manage to come across us. I am also far too old for TikTok. I'm that person <laughs> that sees it, you know, three weeks later on Instagram when it's worked its way there. So, um, but our social media, um, Megan um, is absolutely brilliant and she's a wizard and uh, puts together loads of videos and reels and whatever it is that you uh, call them and the various apps and yeah they they gain us the views and people are seeing us yeah no, I, I, I'm exactly the same they're, they're just videos <laughs> regardless of what pl the platform wants me to call them they're just videos um, yeah, but absolutely. What, uh, what about you then Keita what kind of bought you you mentioned you'd played it in school and then stopped playing 
for a while. Yeah. So I, um, my one of my PE teachers um, was nagging me to play rugby quite a lot through school. I did all the other various sports, you know, basketball. I was uh, in the netball team, hockey team, everything you could think of. But I didn't ever really give rugby a go. Um, and then just as I was leaving my last year of sixth form, he, he managed to persuade me to go down to a training session. And I absolutely loved it. And I think it was the following week I went to a, a tournament with the, the team. But then I stopped playing and it wasn't until I moved away from home. So I went to college and then I got a job um, that was six hours away, didn't know anybody and needed a way to sort of meet some people and make some friends. So I joined the local rugby team and instantly had 30 new friends. And I think it's an amazing way to meet people um, who are sort of like-minded and like being outdoors and a bit of rough and tumble. Uh, and that was that was the Valkyries? It wasn't the Valkyries at the time. It was uh, Hull ladies. Um, so, yeah, I moved from Portsmouth to Hull. So not, not really a, a close transition. Um, but, yeah, I played for Hull ladies. And then when I was up there, I played for Doncaster Demons. And then moved back down south um, and started off at Haven't, which is my local team, and moved to Portsmouth Valkyries seven years ago now. So this is my, I think this is my eighth season. Ah, very nice, very nice. Uh, so what's kind of kept you at the club? Um, so what it is, what is it about the Valkyries that kind of drew you in and kept you there? It's such a community vibe at the Valkyries. Everybody is a big family. And it's not just on the pitch, but off the pitch. It's a huge support network. Um, and we see it with so many different things from people, um, you know, women having babies. The support that everybody rallies around. And, you know, when somebody's got a toddler on the side of the pitch, you've got a whole team looking after them. It's just such a such a huge community. And everybody is so friendly. And I've just loved being part of it yeah I, I think it, it's it's the community aspect of rugby that's definitely I think kept me in the sport um, and then Tristan obviously your uh, head coach what kind of brought you to the team um so I was doing a box a charity boxing event with some of the so it was a massive boxing event around Portsmouth area and some of the girls from the club were actually there doing the boxing as well um and I, I started speaking to Tash, actually, who's just arrived. And they had just lost their head coach. And I said, I'll come down and give it a go. I came down um, and did one training session. And I think they all liked me because I'm still here. You'd hope so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or they had no other choice. I'm not sure. Yeah, you were the only option we had. <laughs> they might they might be gro like growing to like me now. Like what Keita said, uh, but I've got a, a two-year-old who comes to watch the games and he loves everyone and he like everyone's friendly with him and my dog's at training tonight she's she'll be running around afterwards and seeing everyone and it's just a like a massive it's like a big family it's really good yeah and i mean and it's not just a family from having a look through it is also a very very good team i i know while uh setting all of this up it was mentioned that first team especially is having i think one of the most successful seasons they've had for a while and I I like numbers, so I did some digging. So your, okay. your average score for the first team this season has been a 40 to 11 win. Oh, nice. <laughs> which is insane. Yeah, that is insane. It's nice having someone crunch numbers and put it in because uh, 
I, I haven't looked at it like that. I mean, that is the that those are the two numbers I will be crunching, but they're good. They're, they're good numbers to crunch. So, what's kind of yeah. set this season apart? Like, obviously, we've got the new players joining, kind of the popularity of the sport. But is there something different this season that seems to have sparked things? I'm not sure, but like for me, like for coaching, everyone's got to enjoy it. So, like, people give up that like two evenings a week. And a whole Sunday, we travel quite far sometimes. So it's a full Sunday. And people got to just enjoy it and, like, they need to buy in. So I've kind of gone for the approach of, like, it's everyone's team at the end of the day. So it's not a, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. Let's let's do that together yeah. and let's try and build something that we all want to do. So it might be that. It might be that everyone's just enjoying it more. So everyone wants to play for each other. Everyone wants to look after each other. Uh, what about you, Keita, on the, on the front lines? with the first team yeah I think well we had a bit of a difficult season last season um, we lost a few games and then the complete change of coaching setup at the beginning of yeah. the season we really wanted to focus this season on sort of rallying around that community vibe and bringing everybody together and we sat down at the beginning of the season and decided sort of what our aim was for the season and there was no um, sort of we want to win the league, we want to win these games or um, anything really like that. We all just wanted to go out, have fun and play rugby. And I think just having that as our aim for the season has really shown on the pitch because, you know, even when we are losing um, uh, or, or, you know, people are putting tries past us, our heads don't drop. We're still smiling. We're still having fun. And we're sort of, you know, bigging each other up. Come on, we can do this. And it's just made for a really nice atmosphere week in, week out. And that is making sure people want to come back each week. And so the new players who haven't played rugby before are coming in and looking at that and seeing those happy faces having come off a pitch. And it means that people are turning up to training. And the more people we have at training, the more people that we have learning the moves, you know, progressing their rugby and then that's showing on the pitch with our results so it's all just come together by basically having a good time people wanting to be here and that's really showing on the pitch now yeah i'm guessing nothing keeps someone new to a sport like everyone looking like they're having fun right yeah absolutely i think um if everyone around you is having fun you're naturally going to have fun yourself and that that's yeah shown with the new players if someone turns up and the feedback we get is they've had a really nice time everybody was very welcoming and yeah i don't i don't think i can say any more than that if if they're having a if we're all having a good time they are too so obviously we've got the first team and then in terms of the second team how's kind of the second team fit into everything yeah so we make a, a real big um thing about the the first and second team training together and um, bringing sort of the inexperienced players along with the experienced players they're going to learn more in an environment where they're surrounded by um, knowledge and experience and the the second team is made up of some experienced players who have been playing a long time and they prefer to play a more relaxed level of rugby now and some people who are brand new to the sport and I think um, having that mixture of experience and new players um, and the, the sort of the youth and the energy coming through has been um, really good and, and they're enjoying their time on the pitch as well. 
Sorry, there was a background noise there that sounded like a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> that was that. That was. Yeah. Yeah, Tash, um, who is a, another player um, on the team, and she was the first team captain for five seasons, has just joined us. Ah, very nice. Very nice. Hello. I don't, don't know about a horror film. You know, I was just, uh, playing on my phone. should have had it on mute. That's rookie error, isn't it? I, it's, we, we have... The, the, the benefit is I can edit out anything of me sitting there on my phone. So we're... we're... Don't edit. I'll make a... Make her oh yeah, we'll name drop you. <laughs> we'll throw in like an official like social media apology and everything. It'll be great. Um, but I think I think that sounds really good. I, I I think having kind of the 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 two levels definitely make uh, I think everything a lot more I think accessible would be the right word, right? Um, I think especially with us who've kind of been around the game for a while, I definitely think we can sometimes forget how inaccessible it can feel from the outset, right? Especially if it's a sport which is definitely kind of coming a lot more kind of front and centre, I think, in a lot of uh, people's minds. So that's kind of where we are. Obviously, we've got the -the on-the-pitch successes, uh, kind of the wider club. What's off the pitch like? What's, obviously, you've mentioned kind of the community of the team. Is there anything else from kind of your side that kind of makes up the Valkyries? You know, we really pride ourselves on being a community that, uh, you know, uses the rugby family to give back. So uh, uh, Tristan mentioned that, you know, we met because we were part of a charity boxing event uh, that's that was um, for a charity rugby against cancer that's, you know, very close to us here at Portsmouth because it's based out of um, Portsmouth Rugby Club. Um, and on top of that, we'd like to kind of pour ourselves into any other kind of community events and anything that we can um, do as a group. So like quite recently, um, we did our annual food bank drive where we get everyone to bring, you know, as many cans and pasta and rice and things as they can to training. And then we donate it to a couple of local food banks, to, you know, really show that we're trying to you know, use what we have in this kind of rugby family to give back to local communities. I'm I'm always a fan of people trying to pay back to the community, so it's always a really nice thing to hear. In terms of the future, then, we've talked about where you guys have come from, we've talked about the current season and where things are at now. Where do you see you guys going? I, I think the RFU is hoping to, again, double the number of registered women's players um, by, I think... No, not the next World Cup. It would be uh, 2027. Do you see that as being a realistic thing? Where do you kind of see you guys and, and rugby going? Yeah, I think it's quite, it's quite a tough one to say, isn't it, really? Because every kind of World Cup cycle does bring a massive, you know, eyes onto the women's game particularly because it's getting picked up by bigger and bigger TV networks and being, you know, more obviously broadcast, you know, in and around the, the men's games as well. But I think, you know, we've only had a second team for maybe two or three seasons um, with COVID as, as a break in the middle there. So it's always a bit complex, but um, and that is growing and getting stronger, every, you know, year on year. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, in a couple of years time, we're going to have to start saying there are people there that aren't even getting in the ones or twos games. And um, that would be a lovely place to be. But uh, yeah, it's hard to say until it comes, really. Well, I mean, it, it, it's it, even being able to kind of humour that idea, I think, is incredible, especially mm. from how you said previously struggling to get 
five or six people down to training now in a position where it's there is a there is a world where we have to start considering a third i think it's just it's an incredible kind of uh trajectory yeah definitely and it, it's lovely to be a part of and kind of see it progressing over time as well from uh Tristan's perspective i guess as kind of head coach <laughs> what do you kind of see the um I mean, I'm guessing the is the goal always going to be just to kind of make sure everyone's having as much fun as possible? Yeah, 100%. If everyone's walking away from the game smiling, no matter what the result is, I think we've achieved something really good. I don't really want to drop myself in it in terms of like saying what we want to achieve or anything or like anything like that. Like Because even though we're like a well-established club, like this season is kind of going back to basics for us and setting and like and setting like the groundwork's out all over again for something that we can build on in the future so from like this point onwards we are like we're still going to be building but like i have no idea where we can go from here so it's more setting the foundations in place to then i mean to then hopefully grow a third team out of it but then just grow in general as as a club yeah like yeah just to keep growing as a like as a women's team in this area is like amazing yeah no it, it is I, I, I yeah i the incredible name aside <laughs> just kind of looking through you guys it, i think it really is um i think it's a testament to everyone involved what you guys have been able to achieve so very aware we are recording this before a training session so don't want to keep anyone too long but we end every episode with the same two questions so everyone can give an answer so don't worry about that. But what would your message be to any future players looking to join your club? Um, I would say as someone who um, moved to Portsmouth knowing no one, uh, I joined this rugby club because I wanted that community. So, uh, you know, being involved, getting involved is the best thing I ever did. You know, it's, it's set me up with lifelong friends and something that I want to keep progressing with, uh, you know, every year. Yeah. Part of what I'd say Tristan maybe hasn't said so far is that as well as making sure everyone's having fun, he's definitely been setting that groundwork to make sure everyone's improving and getting better. Because so, you know you want to see that what you're working, training two times a week, as is producing, and you know you can see that across all the squad. I would say to people that are joining the rugby team, um, again the the community and the the family. Um, that you get from playing rugby. I think it's different from any other sport that I've ever played as well. Um, I've played netball, um, you know, as an adult. Um, I've played hockey. I've played football. And I think for me, rugby is the biggest community um, and the biggest family that I've ever been a part of. And once you are in, you're hooked and you're, you're family for life. Um, we still have um, women turning up to watch our games who played for the Valkyries 10, 15 years ago who still want to come along and support us because they're still part of that family. Uh, like just everything that they've both said, to be honest, like um, for new people coming, it's, you're going to make new friends. You're going to make friends with life. You're going to be challenged every single week. You're going to have fun on the weekends. We win quite a lot of games as well, so that's always fun. <laughs> and the final question for you guys. Which professional rugby player would you like to join your club? And you can interpret that however you want to. So whether that is active, historical, just any way you want to read into that. Um, I'd say quite topical right now. I'd, I'd want Rocky Clark to turn <laughs> up and play. So she's a, 
playing at the well the amateur level at the moment uh, that must be incredible for uh, uh Buckingham Swans that you know have a, an ex England international just be like yeah I want to go I mean it's incredible for them but imagine turning up to game day and <laughs> looking at who your opposite number is <laughs> yeah <laughs> absolutely I'd be terrified personally as a prop yeah I would like Joe Marler to come and play uh, because I think he's fantastic on the pitch, but he also makes me laugh so much in pretty much everything that he does. So I think just to have him around, he, he'd just bring good vibes all around. Yeah, Joe jo- jo Marler is a a popular choice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised. And I guess, Tristan, same question, or which professional rugby player do you think you could teach things to oh fuck that's even harder that's a harder question <laughs> who can i teach something to um like owen Fowle could definitely do some work on his tackling couldn't he <laughs> like we've done a lot of work this season on getting low in a tackle so i could definitely do some work with owen Fowle to teach him how to get low into a tackle i like i like that choice i like that a lot but um last thing uh to say really is uh thank you guys for your time and I mean, I hope you enjoy training, which starts in 10 minutes. Yeah, thank you for having us. Um, it's great to be on here and great to be the first women's team uh, on the podcast. So uh, really appreciate you choosing us. And uh, it's been uh, great to chat. Thank you for listening to this episode. And thank you to Keita, Tristan and Tash for speaking with us and to Megan for helping us organise recording. You can find the Portsmouth Valkyries on Instagram at Portsmouth underscore Valkyries and on TikTok at Valks Rugby. So V-A-L-K-S Rugby. Some of their players are going to soon be walking 90 miles from the Bristol Bears ground, that's the rugby team Bears, to Portsmouth for Rugby Against Cancer, a brilliant charity you can find out more about at www.rugbyagainstcancer.com. In my introductory episode, I answered the question on which rugby player I would want to see join my club. So to add to this answer, and because I'd never forgive myself for turning down the opportunity to mention them, if I were coaching a women's team, first of all, we would question why they weren't able to find someone better, but I would want Jasmine Joyce playing. For a long time, she's been one of the most exciting Welsh players I have seen, and I strongly recommend checking out any and all YouTube highlights you may be able to find. Roots Rock Riot was brought to you in association with Ickenham Rugby Club and is a podcast nobody asked for. You can find Roots Rock Riot on Instagram at Roots Rock Riot. And if you want your club involved, please drop us a message there or email us at rootsrockriotpodcast at gmail.com. Next week, we are back to West London and we're talking to Old Priorian Rugby Club.